the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Time now for Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine, bringing you the latest information on medicine, nutrition, fitness and wellness, and now in its 33rd year. Your host of Dr. Health Radio is health expert David Snow, who's not a doctor and While most of David's guests are doctors or authorities in their areas of expertise, they do not diagnose or prescribe on the air. If you have a condition or illness that requires medical attention, see a health professional. The information contained in this program is for educational and entertainment purposes only. And now, your host of Dr. Health Radio, the snowman himself, David Snow. All right, question for you. What is the temperature in your bedroom at night with all the hot weather we've been having? Well, research has shown lowering the thermostat to 66 degrees. Yikes, that's freezing. Could help you slough off those extra pounds if you're overweight. But here's the kicker. That might not help you if you're already cold-blooded. Study found people with lower internal body temperature are more likely to gain weight than those with warmer core temps. Now, the thinking is, if you don't burn calories by generating body heat at rest, or while you're at rest, you may end up storing them as fat. So is this you? Well, you may just have to work harder to stay slim. (laughs) Sorry, life is not fair. And uh, you can get tested to rule out any conditions like thyroid problems, you know, hypo or hyperthyroidism. That might cause excess pounds. Usually it's hypo or uh, low-functioning Thyroids, and that's one of the main many hormones that we're going to be talking about today. Good morning, and welcome to a special edition of Doctor Health Radio. It's the healthiest hour on radio, and I am your snowman, your radio snowman, your happy, humble health stylist host, David Snow, here to keep you cool and healthy as we do it each and every week here on the program. And we thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your weekend, which we always hope to make strong and healthy with the information we have for you this morning. Today on the show. From your sexuality to your physical and mental state of health, whether you're a man or a woman, but especially a man, uh, you have those hormones that have to be working properly. Otherwise, you can experience some serious health disorders. And so we have best-selling author Dr. Pamela Warshin-Smith talking about maximizing your male hormones of her newest book. She has two other books on female hormones. We'll talk about those. Uh, we'll touch on those. But how to identify and treat some of the ailments that may be hormone-related that is causing your life and your health to go in havoc, um, fatigue and depression, erectile dysfunction, anxiety, of weight loss or weight gain, heart disease, and much more. So uh, Dr. Smith will be with us. She's the author of 14 books, including two on female hormones, and her third book on hormones is Maximize Your Male Hormones, which is our focus of discussion today. We'll talk about uh, everything from testosterone and Viagra to age and lifestyle, supplements to support male hormone rejuvenation, as well as uh, 
Uh, does um, do hormones if you're on hormone replacement therapy? Does that up your risk of prostate cancer, which is a popular belief? We'll talk about that as well. Uh, but first, before we have Dr. Smith on male hormones coming up in just a few minutes, with the dog days of summer upon us, uh, how is your dog or cat, for that matter, doing during these hottest days of the year? Well, last week, if you were with us, our topic was heat and your health. When we had Dr. Joe Alton, an ER physician, enlightening us about the signs and symptom of symptoms rather of um, exhaustion from the heat and uh, heat stroke and other heat-related ailments and people, but uh, we really didn't touch on animals. And uh, so today we are going to be talking about the four-legged members of your family, which uh, reside in the homes of about two-thirds of American homes. And uh, so uh, we'll talk to him in about um, in just a few minutes for about five minutes. Uh, so uh, we'll be hearing from an animal, excuse me, animal expert shortly on what to know to prevent your dog or cat from suffering any heat-related illness, and uh, especially during these hottest days of the year and record-breaking temperatures. All right. Well, uh, as I mentioned last week, we had um, we talked about heat, heat illness, and we also talked about hydration. Uh, we discussed it with Dr. Alton, and um, one of the things we were talking about was analyzing the color of your urine, making sure you check it. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be too light or too dark, um, basically pale yellow or a straw color. Uh, so that indicates that you're sufficiently hydrated, but not overly or uh, underly hydrated. So, uh, but uh, here's another question regarding urine. How long is it okay to hold your pee? Well, here's a fun fact for you first, is when you first get the urge to pee, probably don't know this, but your bladder is only about half full it uh, sends a signal to your brain that it needs to be emptied and your brain routes to well, it routes the message back telling your bladder to hang on until you can get to the loo. Uh, well, uh, how long can you wait? Uh, well, that depends on how much urine is accumulating in your bladder, of course, and uh, you know, what you drank and how much you drank, whether it was caffeine or something uh, diuretic, and when you last peed. So generally, you want to aim to uh, pee and you guys, make sure your aim is good, uh, but uh, you want to pee about every three or four hours, um, urinate, and um, even more often if you are constantly sipping at your water bottle. But uh, holding your urine for long periods uh, could be stretching the bladder walls and potentially weakening your bladder muscles, uh, which can lead to incontinence, especially over as the years go by. You probably know about a lot of older elderly people that... Um, have this problem, and and this is part of the the reason for it. So not paying enough can lead to urinary tract infections as well, because the bacteria can multiply in the bladder, and if it doesn't, um, you know, if you don't flush it out often enough, um, that can um, cause a problem. So bottom line, when Mother Nature calls, don't put her on hold, okay? All right, uh, all right moving on. Oh, uh, today is National Mustard Day. Oh, that's my favorite condiment. Uh, and it's the king of condiments, according to, of course, uh, the uh, self, um, the um, people that are mustard aficionados. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, the National Mustard Museum, believe it or not, there is one. Uh, where is it? In uh, Wisconsin, Middleton, Wisconsin. You can go to mustardmuseum.com. All right. Uh, let's see. And uh, elsewhere in announcements, um, a couple days ago. What was it day before yesterday? It was National Watermelon Day. Can you think of anything that tastes fresher uh, than a cold 
ice-cold piece of sweet watermelon in the summer. 92% water, but, you know, lots of potassium, a couple of B vitamins, and lycopene, uh, which is the red pigment in watermelon that um, is good for prostate and for um, acts as a natural skin. Uh, it, it helps the UV light or it helps your uh, skin uh, become, uh, well, it's more resistant to UV damage. And also citrulline is found mainly in the rind, and that's a uh, an amino acid that helps to maintain good blood flow. All right, so watermelon, have a piece today. All right, let's go to, do we have uh, Sebastian on the line? Let's see if we do or not. Oh, yes, okay. Uh, Sebastian, are you there? Hi, David, how you doing? All right, now uh, you are the founder of Aloha Canine Academy, and uh, give us a little background. I know you have uh, military training. You're an ex-presidential canine unit trainer. Uh, give us just a one-minute uh, backgrounder on, on your experience. Yes, sir. So I uh, did eight years in the Air Force. I was a military working dog handler, like you said. So what that means is I found explosive and people and different things like that for the beginning of my career after about two to three years of doing that on deployments and uh, being on the front lines, I got selected to do presidential security with Secret Service. Um, I got my Yankee White clearance and basically anywhere the president, vice president, um, POTUS, um, different national uh, heads of state, uh, we would basically clear the area. Um, with the explosive detection with the dogs. So wow. that's a little bit about, about my uh, my All background right. after, yeah. yeah, 2020 I got out and I established Aloha Canine Academy. Okay. Now let's talk about how heat affects our pets. We talked about how humans are affected by uh, the record heat wave and, uh, you know, the hot temperatures of the summer, but especially uh, this year more than almost any other uh, previous summer. Uh, but a recent news story, I don't know if you saw it, uh, it I saw it in Associated, Associated Press, but it, it was on all, all the news stations, uh, ABC and CNN and so on. But it reported about, it was such a sad story, it was heartbreaking, more than, uh, I think now it's uh, 10 police canine dogs uh, died <clears throat> from extreme heat during a drive from, and it was unbeknownst to the driver that was transporting them, but uh, the air conditioning broke in the back of the cargo van that was uh, carrying them. And um, uh, German shepherds that were trained, uh, you know, police trained dogs uh, from O'Hare International Airport in Chicago to a training facility in Indiana. So pets in hot automobiles. Uh, now, this was not that, uh, you know, it wasn't intentional or deliberate, but nevertheless, yes, you know, you've, we've, we've all heard of stories where, you know, the, the parent has to run out, run into the store just to pick up something. Oh, I'm just going to be gone a few minutes. And, you know. Uh, yeah. children's in a hot car being left for even short periods. That uh, it, It's, uh, I mean, it's uh, a recipe for disaster as are pets. And, and I've seen pets in hot cars before as most people have, but let's, let's talk about that. And uh, you know, when, I, when we met the other, uh, about a week ago, I was astounded by the five second rule. And I, I want you to lead in on that as far as heat goes with animals. And in this case, uh, folks, I'm not talking about, you know, everybody's familiar with uh, the five-second rule when you drop a piece of food on the floor and how many seconds it takes for the germs on the floor to contaminate it. No, in this case, we're talking about a heat-related five-second rule. I want you to tell our audience exactly what that is. Yeah, so, well, you're walking your dog, you should always check the temperature of the asphalt. In, like, a perfect world where it's, like, 75 degrees every day, the asphalt can get around 125 degrees. Oh. Um, 
here in Florida, um, we, you know, exceed temperatures of 90, where the asphalt is reaching up to 150 degrees on average. Oh, my goodness. So the five-second rule, basically, super easy, super convenient. Whatever surface that you're walking on or you're going to have your dog walk on, you just hold your hand on the asphalt, ground, brick, whatever, for five seconds. If you can maintain your hand on the asphalt for five seconds, it's totally okay for you to walk your dog on that. Okay. If your hand immediately reflexes and slaps you in the face, you know you probably shouldn't be walking your dog, and you should either probably put them on the grass or make them wear booties or something like that. Oh. Um, dog what? pads are kind of like our palms. They are a mm-hmm. tender um, surface, so they are meant to, you know, terrain through different environments, but they are not meant to be uh, burned or get heat soaked. And yeah, dogs actually sweat through their paws. That's right. And that's kind of their only ventilation system besides them breathing and uh, their tongues. Mm -hmm. So if you overheat their paws, you actually exacerbate the heat stress that they can absorb. So um, that is, yeah. Yeah, Again, with like what you said with hydration, sorry to interrupt you, but hydration is super, super important um, that your dog is hydrated before you go out in these extreme um, environments, um, a good acclimation period is around 14 days to get your dog acclimated. Oh, really? Wow, that long? Absolutely. Yeah, and any time that you're going to be taking a drink of water yourself, you probably should be giving your dog water. So around every, like, 10 to 15 minutes um, is a a really good time to to get your dog and keep him hydrated. Okay, now we only Um, have a few minutes, uh, Sebastian, so sorry to interrupt you, but... Uh, so yeah, speaking of speaking of water, uh, the the report that I referred to in the news, where the you know several of the dogs died, the canine dogs, yeah. uh, it, it showed that uh, well when they investigated the transport, it was noted that the little water bowls that were in the crates in the you know each uh, cage uh, that the dogs were in, uh, they were uh, the the size you'd give a parrot. I mean, this is what the news story said. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what size, but give us a, an idea on would it just be a, a big bowl of water and and let the dog drink as much as it can or as, as it wants, or I mean, is there a guideline? You know, like with people, of course, it's a, you know you say, oh, drink um, half as many ounces as your weight. Like if you're 150 pounds, drink 75 ounces of water a day. But there's really no guidelines for pets, right? Right. Um, the best advice I can give is let your dog be have the opportunity to get water. Yeah. So right. what we did in the military is we had um, these non-spill bowls where it doesn't matter if the dog puts it upside down or whatever. It oh. just would hold the water in there, huh. and it would just have that water the entire time that it was uh, drink, being transported. And... Um, Again, in the military, we had these big trailers that had AC units in them, and we would transport the dogs back and uh, forth. But the first thing we always did before we put the dogs in there was we made sure that the AC was working, especially in these summer times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you're always held accountable for your dogs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just a couple more questions, and then we've got to let you go. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I know that you are an expert dog trainer and uh, working with the presidents, vice presidents, and so on. Uh, Any any, uh, experience with cats, or do some of these same rules apply for people uh, that own cats? Um, (laughs) So the best advice I can give you on the cats 
um, would be, I mean, you can communicate. Cats are actually really smart. They're just more stubborn than dogs. They have a mind of their own. Um, if I, if I was, uh, a cat trainer, I'd be a billionaire, but that being said, uh, <laughs> right. If you could, uh, right. Are they yeah. as susceptible to the effects of heat? I guess is what my question is. That is some, that's a good question. I, I okay. am not. All right. Well, yeah, I know that's not your wheelhouse, yeah, right. but, um, now does a pet, uh, the last question, does a pet's diet affect their resiliency to hot weather? I, I opened the show about, uh, or, uh, article I just read, um, we, before we brought you on, and that was about watermelon and, and its hydrating effects. You know, melons are, we actually talked about them last week on how good they were because they contain gel water. And uh, so <laughs> a high moisture content in the dog's diet, would that be advantageous during the summer? So another way to get your dog to drink water if it doesn't really do that is to do some type of supplementation with, uh, oh, very you know melony source but you don't want to give them the seed so you can oh give yeah, dog yeah. Watermelon. yeah no I'm, i was just talking about uh you know whatever foods you give them just make sure it has a maybe a higher water content during the i wasn't talking about giving them melons yeah necessarily. so a good rule of thumb for that is uh for about every cup of uh dry kibble if you're doing that right um in in these times you want to actually just let the food soak in about oh. a half a cup Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's a good way to get the water intake. Mm-hmm. If again, they're okay. not really getting it. All right. Uh, last last point I want to uh, have you make is uh, give us your website for people interested in in what you do. Uh, the Canine yeah, K- Academy. Yeah, it is Aloha, A L O H A, the letter K, the number nine dot com. Aloha Canine dot com. You can find me on social media on Aloha Canine Academy. And uh, my my email is info at alohacanine.com. All so, right. Ken, thank you enough for being with us, Sebastian. Really appreciate it. David, thank you for having me on. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. But we'll be back with Dr. Pamela Smith talking about maximizing your male hormones here on The Healthiest Hour on Radio. Stick around if you want to stay healthy. I'm David Snow here on Dr. Health Radio. your current probiotics offer diversity? The primary goal of your probiotics is to help create and maintain a healthy gut microbiome. We often think more is better, but taking high doses of 50 or 100 billion probiotics can work against you. The most important factor is diversity, not quantity. Look for a formula that has multiple strains of probiotic flora expertly fermented to contain postbiotic metabolites, which have been shown to help digestive and immune health, our gut brain function, and more. The worldwide leader in fermented postbiotic health? Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, the number one probiotics in the world for direct delivery of postbiotics. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics uses a multi-year fermentation with 12 proven probiotic strains producing over 500 postbiotic metabolites, certified vegetarian and free of gluten, allergens, and GMOs. So say no to quantity and yes to diversity. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available online and at natural health retailers nationwide. Although you've heard about superfoods coming from many countries, did you know there's one that's grown right here in the U.S.? That's even more potent than most of those foreign superfoods. It's Noni, the superfood thousands of fans rely on for promoting good joint functions, a healthy immune system, and overall health and energy. It's the brand that sets the benchmark for medicinal and nutritional strength. It's Real Noni, grown in Hawaii on the island of Kauai. 
That's because Real Noni is 100% organic, raw, and non-fermented. And unlike Noni juice, Real Noni is in the form of a fruit leather, making it 14 times more potent than Noni juice with no added sugar. Plus, it's more convenient and cost-effective. Real Noni is a superfood that has 60 times more antioxidants than blueberries. Experience the healing and nourishing power for yourself by going to realnoni.com, where you can also see their line of popular pain-relieving lotions. That's realnoni.com. Oh, yes, but you're with the snowman, keeping you cool and healthy, so no worries there. Keep it tuned right here in the morning or 12 hours from right now to keep you cool and healthy this Saturday evening. Thanks for staying with us. David Snow on your radio. Hey, you know, this is a vacation time of the year and doctors are no exception. They need a break from their medical practices, for goodness sake. So where did the doctor go on her vacation? That went, that would be to Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. And where did the dentist go on his vacation? Well, he chose the mouth of the Mississippi. And uh, finally, what did the eye doctor do on her vacation? Well, she made a spectacle of herself. So what can I say? Anyway, uh, we didn't have time for the Funny Bone Pharmacy, so there were a few that I had in that segment. And uh, our regular features uh, will return next week, but uh, this is a special edition of the program. And my guest in this segment of the show is Dr. Pamela Smith. She's the author of 14 books, including three on hormones. Their newest is... Maximize Your Male Hormones, uh, which is our topic of discussion today. She's also the director of the Master's Program in Medical Science at the University of South Florida School of Medicine. And uh, we would like to welcome her to the Dr. Health Radio microphones this morning. Good morning, Dr. Smith. How the health are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for being there. Now, uh, before we get into our conversation, uh, I just want to let you know that you've got male uh, male hormones, that is. <laughs> and, you know, females have male hormones, as you know, and uh, uh, males have female hormones, which we'll get into a little later. But uh, welcome to uh, the program. You know that with this record-breaking heat that most of the country is experiencing, it seems that uh, I was thinking of hormones last yesterday, and I thought, well, the majority of the population is going to have to endure non-hormonal hot flashes, right? Uh, uh, both <laughs> men and women. Uh, but let's uh, let's save that topic for another uh, program as far as the uh, female hot flashes that are hormone-related. But today, let's focus on your new book on male hormones. Now, what prompted you to change course from your specialty of uh, female hormones and address the male gender? Well, we've always understood that when you help women with their hormones and they feel fabulous, ah. then you also have, have to help them. Yes. And so my book, Maximize Your Male Hormones, really is a walk through looking at male hormones in an easy-to-read format so that men understand more about their own bodies. It really is. Um, I mean, it's a page-turner. I couldn't put it down the other night when I was reading it, and I, you know, I... I, I mean, I've interviewed, you know, over 33 years, just thousands of books or a few thousand books. And uh, I, I rarely read it cover to cover. But yours was one of the exceptions where I, I didn't just skim it. I perused and, and read almost uh, every single page. And I, uh, more of the pages are earmarked than not. So uh, that's a good sign that uh, it's uh, easy to understand from, I mean, I'm a layman, just like every most of the people listening to the show. And uh, so we want you to... Give us the the 
you know, the Joe Q public uh, rundown of uh, easy to understand information, which I know that you have in your book and you'll share with us today. Now, as you know, there's no shortage of advertisements, whether it's uh, TV commercials or magazine ads or even billboards uh, for remedies for low T. I mean, uh, you know, it seems like that's the master disease for men, right? But uh, some companies offering supplements and others PRP procedures and, of course, testosterone replacement therapy. So what's a man to do? Give us the rundown on that. Well, first of all, it's really important to measure levels of hormones. We don't know what your levels are until we measure. Mm -hmm. And the best way to measure hormones is by salivary testing. When we look at hormones in the blood, we see sometimes the bioavailable, meaning the amount available for the body to use. Uh But not all the hormones can be measured that way in the blood. Always best to do it by saliva. So you can certainly see a practitioner that specializes in anti-aging and personalized medicine. Um, Most compounding pharmacies carry saliva testing. So the first thing is to actually measure. Are you low in the hormones is always the first question. Now, if somebody is younger, a a male man is younger, and he doesn't have any hormone issues or erectile dysfunction or anything like that, I've always thought that a man should test his or have his testosterone tested as young as possible and then, uh, you know, on a regular basis thereafter so that he has a reference point to refer back to so that if there's a sudden drop in hormones or uh, testosterone or others that, you know, he, he can see or, or his practitioner can see what's going on. Maybe there's a disease lurking or, you know, an underlying condition. Well, what's your thought on that? Well, a man's peak hormones are age 25, Right. so it would be fabulous if we could measure all males at 25, because if you look at blood studies, there's a huge range of what is considered normal testosterone, Uh and the question is, is your normal 800, or is it 1,200, is it 1,600? You know, what is that particular person's normal? When you look at saliva, it's a little bit easier because the range is small. Um, what normal would be, and it's easier to actually fine-tune. Okay. Now, in your book, you do say that, uh, I I mean, it seems like it would be dependent on the time of day because you say it fluctuates, what, four to six times a day uh, going up and down of the testosterone levels? It does. And so we do salivary testing of male hormones in the morning. Yes, right. But on that same test is also cortisol, that is the hormone that is related to stress. Mm-hmm. And that one we actually measure four times, 8 in the morning, 12 noon, 4 to 5 p.m., 10 to 11 p.m. Really? at night. Wow. Yeah, because your hormones, when it comes to stress, change throughout the day. Okay, so you should measure somebody on a typical work day or, I mean, if they, if they tested them on a weekend, wouldn't that pose a, pose a different uh, result of the test? It would if they have stress at work. That's a great question. Yeah, right. Hmm. Okay. Now, um, let's uh, let's get into, uh, you know, the the different types of, there's more than one type of testosterone, and a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, You know, they just look at the number, kind of like cholesterol. You know, there's good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, uh, you know, um, 
HDL, LDL, and so on, small particle, etc. Well, the same with uh, testosterone, right? It's, it's uh, free testosterone, bound testosterone, the SHBG, the sex hormone binding globulin. So let's get into that if you would. Absolutely. We want to really know the bioavailable testosterone. So how much testosterone is available for the body to use itself? The total testosterone gives us the free and bound hormone. And the bound hormone is interesting to look at, but if it's not available for the body to use, it's not as helpful for the patient. It's a great research tool. And so when we do the salivary test, we actually get the amount of the bioavailable hormone for the body. All right. And uh, how important is that and what ratio should it be? I mean, I know you said that the the overall number is different depending on the person, the age and the individual and so on. But uh, is there a ratio like a certain percentage should be free versus bound or uh, how does that figure into the equation? Well, on the salivary test, it only looks at the bioavailable. So the ratio of the testosterone is actually already there because it only looks at the amount available for your body to Uh use. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, you know, just personally, I I have a high SHBG level, and they can't figure out why. I mean, they were going to study me (laughs) because it was off the charts. I, I have a high testosterone level, but it... It's it's bound, you know, as you're mentioning, because I also have a, a high SHBG level, which I won't get into that. But anyway, uh, maybe we'll cover uh, just touch on that a little later. Uh, we need to take a bottom hour break, Dr. Smith. And when we come back, I have many more questions for you about hormones, uh, including the signs and symptoms of low testosterone as well as high testosterone and the causes and best ways to treat lower high levels of the hormones. And we'll talk about other hormones such as estrogen and thyroid hormones. I, I think the thyroid, according to your book, that's like the mission control. <laughs> uh, it affects everything. So it's not just uh, testosterone. So we'll talk about that uh, as well as the age that people should uh, get tested or go for hormone replacement therapy. Much more information on hormones here with Dr. Pamela Smith. We'll tell you how to get her new book, Maximize Your Male Hormones, right after this as Dr. Health continues. Don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. Sorry, yogurt. Although you're high in calcium and protein, in the real world of potent probiotics, ah, well, let's just say you're not that potent. While many consume you thinking they're getting enough probiotic bacteria for good gut health, the fact is, you yogurts can't compete with a medical strength probiotic like Theralac. Plus, you yogurts, well, most of you, have so much sugar and other ingredients that it defeats the purpose of eating you in the first place. So while we'll always be fond of you and other fermented foods, we want to make sure our listeners also take a potent probiotic like Theralac. That's because just one capsule of Theralac is equal to more than 200 cartons of yogurt in the beneficial bacteria that it delivers to the gut. And if your doctor advises you to just eat some yogurt after a course of antibiotics without a strong probiotic like Theralac, it can take up to two years to reestablish your healthy gut flora. Look for Theralac in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store or go to Theralac.com. Is getting a good night's sleep a challenge? Fortunately, there's a superior fast-acting sleep formula called Tranquil Sleep from Natural Factors. This non-habit-forming supplement contains a unique combination of melatonin, 5-HTP, and L-theanine, which works in harmony with your body's natural sleep hormones. 
Tranquil Sleep can help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep sounder, and wake up refreshed, all without feeling drowsy in the morning. The key benefit comes from increasing the time spent in the deeper stages of sleep. It's only in these deeper levels of sleep that we truly experience the rejuvenation, regeneration, and recuperation that sleep provides. Even if you think you get a good night's sleep, give Tranquil Sleep a try. You might be surprised with how much better you've slept by waking up with more energy and enthusiasm to start your day. Learn more at naturalfactors.com. Be great if your life came with a warning app. Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. <laughs> a heads up before something bad happens. You should not send that text. Uh-oh. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can reverse pre-diabetes and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Snow, 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 snow. That is David Snow on your radio. Hey, we give you the full frontal news, exposing everything. Well, everything you need to be a healthier person, that is. David Snow with you. Uh, Thanks for staying with us and making us a part of your weekend. If you're just joining us, Dr. Pamela Smith is my guest, the author of the new book, Maximize Your Male Hormones. Dr. Smith, how can people get a copy of the book should they want uh, an edition of it? They can go to Amazon or they can go to their local bookstore and a copy will be there. If it's sold out because it has been popular, then the bookstore will order it for them. All right. And it's Square One Publishers, uh, just to make a note if you're looking it up by the publisher uh, company. All right. uh, Let's get back into our discussion on male hormones. Now, there are other hormones besides testosterone, which we talked about before the break. And uh, let's talk about estrogen, how the balance has to, it's kind of like the Goldilocks uh, you know, not too much, not too little. Uh, men have, what, 10% as much uh, estrogen as women do? And then is it uh, conversely with uh, women have about as 10, 10% as much testosterone as men? That's pretty close. Yeah, okay. Uh, estrogen is really important for males. They make three different types. We call them E1, E2, and E3. E3 is experimental but E1 and E2 we do measure, and it's really important because men do need estrogen. They need it for memory, and they need it to maintain bone structure. However, too much estrogen increases their risk of heart disease and prostate cancer. So we want it dead center on the test. And and isn't it true also, Dr. Smith, that if you have too much testosterone, like uh, bodybuilders that take steroids... your body can actually change testosterone into estrogen. It converts it. That is one thing that I'm so happy you brought up because it's not just people that use anabolic steroids and abuse them. But if people see a prescriber that really doesn't know about saliva testing Uh and doesn't realize when you put the hormones on the skin that they don't show up in the blood, then testosterone doesn't stay testosterone. It converts to estrogen, both of them, along with dihydrotestosterone. And if DHT goes up, then the prostate gets big and there is an increased risk in heart disease. But there's a lot of side effects of high testosterone. It's not just acne, which most people think about, but it drives up blood pressure. You get fluid retention. The sperm count actually goes low 
when you have too high of testosterone. Mm. It increases appetite. It can cause heart attacks and blood clots, insomnia. It really is literally dangerous to have too much testosterone. What about aggression, too? Doesn't it increase aggression? Absolutely. Aggressive behavior, yeah. even delusions, and it drives up cholesterol and wow. blood sugars. Oh, boy. So, again, the Goldilocks, that just right amount, uh, the, the balance between the two, uh, well, balance between all the hormones. It's like, kind of like an orchestra. I think you mentioned that analogy in your book, didn't you? Uh, uh, you know, it's not just one instrument. It's the whole orchestra that has to be in tune. Otherwise, if you're out of tune... Everything else uh, is a moot point or, or you know, it, it upsets all the other instruments or, or the sound of the, the symphony and um, so to speak. And your body is going to pay for it or you're going to suffer the consequences. So uh, let's Absolutely. talk. Let's talk about some of the other hormones. Thyroid hormone. Boy, you really drive the point home on the importance of balancing thyroid hormones and the whole scope of your hormone symphony. Uh, it's it, To me, it's like mission control. I mean, it, it controls pretty much everything else. Tell us about it. It really does. It is the conductor of the hormonal symphony and many other functions in the body. It, it does regulate all of the other hormones along with blood flow, it modulates carb metabolism, protein metabolism, fat metabolism. It has a lot to do with tissue repair, whether you make muscle or not. All of those are governed by thyroid, which then regulates testosterone and the other hormones. Okay. Now, you mentioned some of the symptoms of too high a level of testosterone. Give us some of the examples of low testosterone levels in a, in a man. Well, it's interesting you would ask that because I've been practicing for 46 years this month. Whoa, and really? It's hard to believe. I cannot believe I'm 69, but I am. I, I turned out this month as well. It's fascinating. Until about five years ago, we never saw men under the age of 42 with low testosterone unless they abused steroids. Now we are starting to see men younger and younger, and the symptoms of low testosterone are, number one, anxiety. Men usually don't feel anxious and nervous when they have normal testosterone. They start getting backaches and joint pain, bone loss. They no longer can lift things. Their physical ability changes. Their job performance usually goes down. They get depression or negative mood. They have fatigue, which they're not used to having. They do, of course, have an increased risk in heart disease and diabetes, but they do get irritable and anger when their testosterone goes down. Of course, sexual interest changes, loss of erections, their memory becomes compromised because for men, testosterone does equal memory, and then, of course, they put on weight, which drives them crazy. Okay, so uh, what are the causes of low testosterone in a man? The causes of low testosterone in a man, we can start with what happens in the brain. So you have the hypothalamus, which makes something called GNRH, a hormone, which then keys off the pituitary in the brain to make FSH and LH, which are hormones that men need for their testicles, etc., which then produces testosterone in the testicles. So there's a whole cascade of hormones that occur. Mm -hmm. And any problem along that pathway can cause 
testosterone levels to go down. The number one reason currently for low T is stress. Because, yes, it is, it's stress. And what happens is the body makes a hormone called pregnanolone. It's in the book. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. It's hard to spell. And, of course, it's your hormone of memory. But it makes all the other hormones. It makes estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and the stress hormone cortisol. But it preferentially makes cortisol. Oh. You have to have cortisol to live. Okay. If you don't have it, you die in a week. So hmm. the body will take pregnenolone and deplete itself and make cortisol to keep you alive. I see. But in that depletion, then it decreases the amount of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and DHEA that are made by the body. Oh, okay. So if you have too much. Uh, cortisol, you don't want to take a supplemental version of pregnenolone, do you? Uh, will that ramp up the cortisol even higher if you already have high co- cortisol levels? It can. So mm-hmm. that's why we measure all these hormones. Pregnenolone and DHT are the ones we measure by blood. Okay, and DHT, if I'm uh, correct, isn't that the one that causes can cause male pattern baldness if uh, if a male is susceptible to that? Um, uh, you know, on a too high a level of that form of uh, testosterone? It is. It can cause hair loss and enlargement of the prostate. Right, right. So how do you prevent, uh, you, uh, if if a man wants high testosterone but doesn't want high DHT, is that possible to, to have that balance? Oh, absolutely. For every single patient, we men only make four to six milligrams of testosterone in a day. And it does change four or five times a day, but they only make four to six, four to eight milligrams of testosterone. So if you give too much, it will convert to the DHT. Mm. Men do need DHT. It does have some functions in the body, but not giving an exorbitant amount usually is the key to this kind of therapy. It's all about balance. Wow. That that boy, it's, uh, it's a delicate balance, it sounds like, at that uh, now, let's talk about um, age. Uh, you know, you mentioned that at 25, that's the peak age of testosterone production in a man. Uh, and I know it's kind of a, a um, precipitous drop as the decades go by, as a man gets older and older. Uh, give us a rundown of uh, exactly how much we lose just from the consequence of aging. Well, just the aging process, by the time that a male is 70, Almost every single male is andropausal, meaning that they have lost testosterone. And it used to go straight down. But now because of stress and other factors, it may go down faster than it used to. In the book, there's actually a nice little graph in the 30-year fall that occurs in testosterone going down in men. That's depressing. That'll cause me to be depressed. (laughs) I mean, I, (laughs) uh, I saw that and I thought, you know what? I, I don't. I'll, I'll. I'll turn the page. I don't want to see that. You know. But. <laughs> the good news is we can fix it in every single patient. Okay. So, for example, you asked about DHT. If there's too much dihydrotestosterone, then we can prescribe you progesterone because oh. men do need that hormone for their nerve endings. Okay. But it also lowers DHT. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Okay, so you have a kind of a recipe or formula for one counteracting the other, or, or you know. Each balancing, it's a balancing act for each and every hormone, it sounds like. 
It is. If estrogen is too high, the easiest way to lower estrogen is if the man is overweight to lose weight because estrogen is stored in fat cells. Oh, right, right. It becomes a, the fat becomes a hormone generator, doesn't it? Just like in women? It does. Yeah. We can also prescribe something called chrysin. C-H-R-Y-S-I-N. Yes, I've heard of it. And that will lower estrogen. There's medications like anastrozole, et cetera, but chrysin does not have any side effects. So it makes it nice and easy. All right, good deal. Okay, uh, Dr. Smith, we need to take one last break so I can um, keep asking you questions and we'll keep the lights on so I can see my uh, notes here and also your your. Yeah, absolutely terrific book, Maximize Your Male Hormones. Again, available through Amazon, your local bookstore, uh, Dr. Pamela Smith. And uh, it's a guide to the effects of testosterone and all the other crucial hormones that affect your body, your behavior, and your health. And we'll be back with more information on your health right after this. So stick around if you want to stay healthy. I'm David Snow here on Dr. Health Radio. Stop breathing right now. No, really, hold your breath. This is how it feels when you're stuffed up due to colds, flu, pollen, dander, post-nasal drip, or any other reason. That's when you need clear saline nasal spray, the only spray with the power of xylitol. That simple saline solution you're using is only doing half the job. It's just rinsing. In multiple research studies, xylitol has been shown to reduce bacterial adhesion and help keep your nose moist and clean much longer than saline alone making Clear more effective at washing away that nasty gunk in your nose. Clear is so powerful, it's been granted over 11 patents. So step up from that wimpy saline spray to something that actually works faster and better at getting you the relief you need to start breathing now. And if your doctor isn't talking to you about Clear for your congestion, maybe you need to get a new doctor. You don't just rinse your hands. Why would you just rinse your nose? Clear saline nasal spray with xylitol. Available at Vitamin Shop, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, as well as Amazon.com. For a complete list of retailers, visit clear.com. That's xlear.com. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. When it comes to probiotics, why do employees, managers, and owners of health stores recommend and personally take Theralac more than any other brand? Results. Fast results. In fact, Theralac is the fastest-acting medicinal-strength probiotic. With patented stomach acid-resistant delivery, prebiotic stimulation, and guaranteed potency, Theralac restores regularity fast while providing all the long-term benefits of the superior probiotic supplement. Don't be fooled by probiotic products that promise higher potencies or more strains of beneficial bacteria. High potency means nothing without delivery, and more strains are not necessarily better. Theralac is optimally formulated for results. Theralac, the high-potency probiotic with guaranteed strength, delivery, and stimulation, supporting your digestion, regularity, and immunity. Theralac, available in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store. For more information, go to Theralac.com.
Oh, yes. Uh, it is cool on your radio, though. It might be hot outside, but no matter what the weather is, you always have six feet of snow on your radio, Saturday mornings and evenings. Well, 5'11 when I'm barefooted, must admit. Uh, okay, uh, back with Dr. Pamela Smith. We're talking about maximizing your male hormones. Uh, before I, uh, before the break, Dr. Smith, I want to uh, tease people about this, and that is professions with the highest and lowest testosterone levels. These, this is not from your book, but I remember this from years ago. And if my memory serves me correctly, I, I, th- I hope I have enough circulating testosterone to preserve my memory. But uh, uh, first on the list are the the highest um, professions or the professions with the highest testosterone and uh, Tell me if you concur with these actors, athletes, politicians, doctors, uh, entrepreneurs, and, and uh, you know, people in, in those types of power positions. Because after all, testosterone is an ambitious or ambition hormone, right? And at the bottom of the list, uh, I remember seeing it some years ago, uh, priests, janitors, uh, bus drivers, librarians, clerks, and similar professions uh, uh, as those. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Well, it's an interesting thought to look at. Probably the easiest one to understand is athletes, because the best way in the world to raise testosterone yes. is exercise. Yeah, that's and right. It was on my list. I, I don't know if I mentioned athletes, but you're right. Yes. It was. It was number two on your list. Okay, it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, right. And, and uh, that brings me to one of the causes of, and I think you mentioned it in your book, uh, the causes of low testosterone, and that is not only obesity, but lack of exercise. Lack of exercise and really not getting good sleep. Right. You know, poor sleep hygiene really yep. does drive down testosterone and it drives up blood sugar and, and really isn't a good place to be. Yeah, the great right. news is that having balanced male hormones does help with insomnia. Yeah, and you have a, we don't have time to get into it, but you do have a a few pages of very valuable information on melatonin, the sleep hormone, and how to increase that. Now, uh, two questions I want to get to before we only have less than, well, four four or five minutes left. Supplements for male hormone rejuvenation, you know, you see all the ads for those as well. Vitamins, minerals, amino acids, beet extracts, uh, uh, botanicals like ginseng and maca and fenugreek and others, uh, not to mention horny goat weed, which I'll make sure to mention, <laughs> but I'm sure you've heard those. Uh, give us your uh, one-minute synopsis of supplements for increasing testosterone. Well, a lot of those supplements can increase testosterone to a certain extent. There is actual science to some of those raising testosterone, particularly in men under the age of 42, because really they still have testosterone. We just want to boost it. Ah. It's hard for herbal therapies to replace testosterone if it's totally low. That's good advice indeed. Okay, uh, one of the last questions I have, Uh, sexual performance. What about men taking... Viagra, this is concerning, uh, when they should be tested or taking uh, testosterone, uh, you know, their their uh, lifestyle or uh, predisposed, uh, you know, comorbidities or, or uh, pre-existing conditions uh, can uh, be affecting their ability to perform. And, and yet they're just taking, you know, it's, it's kind of a Band-Aid approach, isn't it? And uh, I, I don't know, what's what's your opinion as a medical doctor on that? Well, it is a band-aid approach, but the most important thing to realize, if you do have erectile dysfunction, that means you have heart disease. Erectile dysfunction is hardening of the arteries in that part of the body. 
but the body just doesn't have hardening of the arteries in the penis. It also then, you have a hardening of the arteries in the heart, right. and you can have a heart attack, you have hardening of the arteries in the carotids, and have a stroke. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we do when someone has ED is to have them see a cardiologist and have a full evaluation done. Mm, good advice indeed. The other, the other important thing is when it comes to ED, erectile dysfunction, we know that testosterone placed on the skin is much more effective than testosterone as an injection. Oh, really? Fact, I, that was yes. one of my questions I was going to ask you on that. And there's also the pellets that you can implant in, or the doctors implant under your skin. So we try and put testosterone on the skin because it helps with ED, and it's more physiologic, meaning it kind of replaces it the way that the body normally did when you were younger. Okay. If you do an injection, then you get highs and lows. And pellet therapy, it's very popular right now. The people who really are trained in a medical school on hormone replacement commonly do not do pellet therapy because it can cause a scar. As an anti-aging doctor, I don't want to cause a scar on anybody. Right, right. It can cause fibrosis, which is a lump. Mm-hmm. But if you get the wrong dose, you can't take it back. Oh, that's if it's right. on the skin, I, I can just have you stop it. Plus, pellets are really expensive. That's right. I have heard when that. When you have compounded testosterone on the skin, then it's affordable for most people. Okay. Last question. Contraindications to HRT. Prostate cancer being at the top of the list. Is that true or false? That is true for aggressive prostate cancer. So if you're younger and you have the aggressive form, which is usually what happens when you're younger, we don't replace testosterone. Otherwise, from Morgenthaler's work at Harvard, Mm -hmm. in men above the age of 70, if they have the non-aggressive form, which is 98% of men after 70, then we wait two years, no reoccurrence, then we give testosterone. All right, good deal. Okay, maximize your male hormones. Good luck on the book, Dr. Pamela Smith. uh, Thanks so much for being with us, and we look forward to definitely having you on again in the future. Thank you so much. All right, uh, here we go with another edition of the program, but uh, join us again next week, 168 hours from right now, and, of course, 12 hours from right now for the evening rebroadcast of the show, or drhealthradio.com after next Wednesday to hear the show again. I'm David Snow, thanking you for joining us today, and remember, it's not how long you live, it's how you live long. Aloha, have a very healthy week. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.